Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All aboard! You're on the crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition to the Cutting Edge Outdoors, where Danny Bush and me, Tommy the True Neubauer, are here to hopefully entertain and inform you on this blustery Saturday morning, a little chilly, and you know, it is Wisconsin, and in Wisconsin, the weather will change all the time. Uh, we come to you live and unrehearsed every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. So if you're up and doing stuff, we welcome you. Good morning, guys. Yeah, good, mo- good morning, Tom. And I'm, I'm impressed at your true professionalism because as you're going through that intro, yeah, you're play- working on your headset over there. <laughs> Tom and I got in the studio this morning. And, of course, instead of getting our headsets ready and being being ready for the starting gun, we're busy talking jigs here, bass jigs. I got some bass jigs in front of me, so all of a sudden the show starts and we're not even ready for it. Yeah, hey, well, I'm working ready. on no, that headset over this there. This whole thing isn't working. Well, I think we're here. okay. So <laughs> I guess we can't have anybody call in for the first 15 minutes till we get our headsets straightened out yeah. after our first break, perhaps. Yeah, that's true. We're, well, Greg's working at it right well, now. Greg's a he's, trained technician, and, yeah, and he doesn't look as tired and, this morning as and he nothing, normally yeah, does. Nothing's working here. Yeah. Oh, so well. anyway, um, you got these. Can we talk jigs a little bit? Sure. Uh, being as we were discussing that before the show, you know, I'm not a uh, not a bass fisherman. Um, um, I, so well, you I, did okay that day we went out. Yeah, that's because I was. <laughs> you, with, okay. you were the trained professional who taught me how to wacky. <laughs> He taught me the wily ways of the wacky, um, the wacky rig, rig. So I started whack, wacky rigging. And uh, so anyway, <clears throat> jig heads. I was looking for jig heads because I've been reading about using these various plastics. When I go up to uh, Door County, Smalley Fishing, and to walk into a jig section of a Midwestern Shooter Supply or a big, another big similar store, Tom, for a dummy like me, it's overwhelming. There's so many jigs, uh, a whole row that I'm like, I, I'm baffled on what it. And then I read 
on uh, in these magazines, swim jig, mushroom head jig, half moon jig, all these. And I'm like, what's the difference? It's making me nuts. So well, can you clarify for a guy like me simply, what are they talking about? Well, first of all, the main purpose of a lead head jig is to get your bait down. That's the main purpose of any, any lead head jig. Take it down either to the bottom or to whatever depth you're fishing in, right? Right. And a lot of times the weight of the jig isn't necessarily dependent upon the depth of the water. It oftentimes is dependent on the wind, the velocity, the velocity of the wind. Because you know, you, you've had that happen where you cast something out and if it's windy, your line gets a big bow in it, you know. Okay. <clears throat> so then you need a little, even though you might only be fishing in six feet of water, you might need a heavier jig because of that. You want to be in direct contact. Your line has to be straight to the jig. Okay. And, and so, you know, most people will tell you the lightest jig you can get away with is preferable. Is that is that written in stone? No, not always. And jigs come in different various shapes. Besides right. sizes, they come in different shapes. But again, it's to get the jig on the bottom. Now, you have stand-up jigs, you know, which will stand your tube or your worm up and down so, mainly. So that's, I've got one here in my right. hand, and mm -hmm. I can, so if you let the stand-up jig just sink to the bottom. Right. Uh, on slack line, will it automatically land with it standing up yes. then? The weight is yes, it should, such yes. That and and the 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 plastic that you have on the back will be pointed upward, basically. So is that so the bass will just suck it right off the bottom, basically, well, they, just sitting there. They can suck anything off the bottom, but it just makes it uh, more visible. Instead of laying horizontal with the bottom, it's standing up. It gives more of a profile. And when you jig it, the it 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 kind of goes in a U type motion. It's standing up, and then when you jig it. The back end of the plastic goes down, the front end goes up, and then it reverses again. So it gives it more of a a hula effect. <laughs> I like I like hula girls. I like a so, hula. So so how do I how do I jig? How do I work? Some, uh, okay, stand up jig, just real quick. You Jigging one on one. Do I just lift the rod like like a foot? A little, give it a sharp yeah. pop. Uh, well, you, you, that the that you got to experiment with. Okay. Because sometimes, you know, giving it a, a, a sharp pop yeah. will work. Sometimes just giving it like a slower, uh, lifting up slowly and letting it go, fall back down. Lift, drop, it, and then you kind of got a reel in between, right? Well, Are yeah, you, like you got to reeling on the drop. You, no, you pick, and, uh, pick up the slack. That's all. You're just, just pick up the slack. Pick up the slack. Pick up the slack. So it, it, it depends on the fish. Sometimes they like things going. I, I can tell you an experience where, uh, like with a wacky rig, <laughs> Okay, and, and, and I've seen this with other jigs, too, that if it's going real slow, they don't want to touch it. But if you move it faster, oh, they'll come come after it like crazy. So, But other times, if you're moving it too fast, it's like it goes out of their strike zone. They don't really care. But if you move it slower, they'll come up, investigate, and then suck it in. So it all depends on the fish that day. You know, it all depends on the fish. And when, when one hits on something like this, do you feel... Do you see just see the line move, feel a tick, feel a whack, or does yes. it all depend? Yes, yeah, all three. You you sometimes see the line jump a little bit. Sometimes you see it move left or right. Sometimes right. it just gets tight. Sometimes they grab it and run. Like if there's multiple fish around, they want to grab it and get away from the other ones. Because how many times I've any any person fishing out there who's ever fished bass has seen this more than once. Where you get one fish on and you bring it to the, to the boat, and you'll see another one or two or three bass behind it 
hoping to get a piece of whatever it is that they just grabbed or maybe the whole thing, stealing it from them. So it, it, sometimes they grab it very hard. Sometimes it's just a little tick you feel, you know, or a little the line jumps, and you don't really feel anything. You just see that line jump. The other thing, too, <clears throat> there's things called swim jigs. They've been around a while. Now, a swim jig, they say, has to have the 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 eye of the eye of the jig has to be in line with the jig and the hook itself. Well, that's not necessarily true because a swim jig isn't so much the jig, it's the action of the jig. You're basically swimming it back, just reeling it back slowly just instead like of hopping it. Slow straight. It's retreat. like a it's like a spinner bait without the spinner. <laughs> okay. You know, so basically you're 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 reeling it in. So it, it doesn't really matter if the if the eye of the hook is uh, perpendicular to the hook and jig or if it's in line with the hook and jig. It really doesn't matter. But when you're fishing in heavy cover, that's when it makes a difference because you could like like heavier weeds in that. Yeah. If the if the eye of the jig is perpendicular, well you might hook up on a weed or two whereas if it's in line with the hook and the jig, then it, it, it might slither it through ten, more. It, the tendency is that it'll slither through that stuff better. But in well, if all, you're fishing like open water area, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what kind it you're using. Matter. If you're yeah. smallies up in Door County, yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and with or without a weed guard, it all depends. Now, some of those I brought you this morning, they have weed guards. Some are different types: brush guards, two wire guards, whatever. Uh, but the thing is, is that that's basically when you're fishing around a lot of wood. Okay. okay, the weed guards are basically for a lot of wood. Doesn't really help any. It doesn't help at all when you got elephant snot in the water. And elephant snot is that. I know uh, what that is. Yeah, that that, that green, green slimy slime. weeds that it's going to get on everything no matter what. But uh, it will help in heavy cabbage. It will help in wood. It doesn't help in rocks because if that jig goes in between two rocks, forget it. <laughs> you know, it ain't going to come out. And then on this stand-up jig here. And I've seen this on other jigs in the stores. You know, I've got the jig head here. And then as you go up the shaft just a little bit, the, the jig head kind of wraps around the shaft. It's a little bit thicker along yeah. the hook, the diameter. And then there's a little opposite, going in the opposite direction of the hook. For about an eighth of an inch, there's a little uh, part coming down, I a guess. Little a little piece of lead that comes to a point. That's so that you can sick, slick. Uh, excuse me, you can slide the plastic over that and it'll keep it in place. Okay, so that's more just kind of a keeper. Yeah. Especially if you're getting a lot keep of it. hits, that's yeah. going to keep it from getting wore well, out too yeah, much. Yeah, not only that, but when you cast, you won't have the jig, I mean the plastic sliding up the hook. It's going to stay where you want it. And the other thing, too, in, in jig technology is you got to remember that there are short shafts, long shafts, short gaps, wide gaps, okay? Okay. And like in wacky rigging, you want to have a short shank, wide gap. Right. Okay. Whereas, uh, let's say if you're using, like you said, you're going to be using some of those five-inch Kalins. Yep. Well, there you want something <clears throat> with a little bit longer shaft, and it doesn't have to be a real wide gap, but it has to have a decent gap, you know. Right. So, you know, I mean, you're right. It, You know, you walking up and down, anybody who walks up and down any place that's got a lot of fish and stuff, it can be very confusing. But the thing is, is that at any given time, somewhere, anything out there that's on the shelves is going to catch a fish. It all depends on where you throw it and how you use it. You know, I mean, it's so there's a there's so many variables. Well, know? even okay, let's talk weight of the weight of the jig too. Um, and all around, if you had one weight, 
all around, whatever, with no conditions, what in general would you say is like your crescent wrench all around weight for a jig? First of all, there really isn't. It's impossible. Yeah, because you're fishing different depths of water, different wind conditions. You know, it depends. But let's say if you... If I had to choose one, I guess it would be eighth of an ounce. Eighth of an ounce, which seems yeah. really light to me. It does seem light, but you know what? That eighth of an ounce will take something down. You know, you got uh, just a five-mile-an-hour wind or whatever. I'll take it down 10, 12 feet without a problem. Right. You know, and you can fish it in shallower water, too. Uh, a lot of guys who are flipping, uh, using flipping jigs, you know, with a big uh, with a big old chunk craw on the back or whatever, some big hunk of plastic on the back. I mean, a lot of guys are using anywhere. They're, the most common are quarter ounce and three-eighths ounce, okay. those two. But there are some instances when you're fishing, let's say, down south where they have these weeds called hydrilla, where you got to bust through the weeds. As a matter of fact, they got these heavy weeds. I was up on Lake Min- Minnetonka up in Minnesota one time. But they get these heavy weeds, and if you have a light jig, it'll just lay. If you got a quarter ounce jig, it'll lay on top of the weeds. It won't bust through them where it's a lot of open water below those weeds. So then guys are going with a half ounce, three quarter, even as much as a one ounce jig, okay, to get them, bust them through the weeds to get them down to the area where even though there's a lot of weeds on top, there's a not a lot underneath. Okay, so I got some grubs, and I've got some of, of those. Uh... Chompers, like I said, that yeah. are the grubs at both, both front sides. And, front and back, yeah. So any of these hooks should work okay yes. for yes. those chompers. Yes. And you said you got to go with the smaller skirted side is considered the head of that jig yes. then? Smaller skirted side would be towards the head of the jig, yeah. Would okay. be towards the jig Because I'm going yeah. to try using those. I think those should be yeah. good. There's no reason the smallies shouldn't try no, and no. suck one of those hey. in. But you know what? Uh, the Kalins, uh, uh, whether they be the a- anybody, any brand really, the Grubs and the uh, Kalins makes uh, the minnow imitator. Uh, I can't think of the name right now. Uh, jerk minnow. Okay. Jerk minnows and and st- or paddle tail minnows. You know, they make a seismic grub which has got a paddle tail on the back. And you know what's really funny, Danny? Years ago, those were being made literally thirty years ago. The same things were being made. Right. And then they kind of went out of favor with a lot of bass fishermen. Okay, went out of favor for many years, and all of a sudden they've come back now in the last, uh, let's say, within five years or so. They've come back big time. So it's not like it's anything new. <laughs> it's just a little bit it. It's a little bit different design, a little bit different style, but it's still a paddle tail. So now, like, and I could any, use any of these jigs with the tube, right? Tube jig? Yeah, well, there, I... I there are special tube jigs I would prefer you to use because on tubes, you can take the head of the jig and actually you, what you're supposed to do is put it inside the tube. And the only thing sticking out is the little eyelet to tie your okay. hook and then the hook in the back end. So I'm going to have to bring you some tube jigs too. Some tubes. Because if you have tubes. Do you have tubes? I don't think. Well, I might have some old tubes. Okay, laying next in a, week. No, I no, do have wait. some old tubes. I've got them from thirty years ago. I bought them. Who knows? You know, I got them, and well, it's tubes. I, I think I got what. a couple two or three inch tubes. I'll tell you what. Next week, uh, I will bring you some tubes and tube jigs, some chompers, garlic tubes, and some tube jigs. I'll all bring right? in the tubes that I have right. and ask you what, and, and some right. of the other and, plastics to see if anything I have is good. Yeah. Okay. And we probably got to go to a break. When we yeah. come back, I want to ask you about flukes. Flukes, yeah, that's another thing like what I just said, like the, uh, I can't remember the name of the darn, I just said it and I always forget it. All right, we'll talk about flukes. That's <laughs> no a, fluke. I had a fluke. <laughs> and we'll fix our headsets. And not the fish, the fluke, right? 
Yeah, there is right. a fish called the fluke. Wow. Believe it or not, that there is a, a saltwater good, fish. That would have been a good hornswoggle. Well, you can still use it because oh, if they're no. listening now, they better now remember, they right? Now they've wised up. Okay, we'll be right back with more here on 105.7 FM, The Fan, with the Midwest Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Coming to you live from the Bait Mate Fish Attracting Studios. We're here talking uh, jigs and uh, bass fishing. And uh, last, after we left off, uh, before we move on to better and greater topics, uh, not that there are any better and greater topics than bass fishing, um, the, oh. the flukes they're talking about, Tom. Yeah. What I, I see guys on the- TV doing. With the, they look like kind of a little white or silver look, minnow. Looks like a minnow, like like the seismic minnow that Kalins makes. You know, okay. it's basically a minnow shape, got a little tail on it. You know, I mean that's that's all it is. And you rig it's a that. Big old hunk, it's a hunk of plastic. You rig that with uh, one of these jigs as well. Then, uh, you, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, Kalins makes special jigs that uh, match for, their yeah. Plastics. For, we got them at Sherpers and Hales Corners. Uh, Midwestern Shooter Supply has them. Other places have them too. They've got special jigs for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so and and usually like on the tube jigs and those fluke jigs, they usually have a longer shank on them, a little bit longer shank. Okay. So that the hook can come out a little bit further back in the bait, you know, instead of right up by the head. And uh, but you see, if you're fishing live bait though, right? If you're fishing live bait. Then let's say you got a half a crawler, a minnow, a leech, or whatever. Then you want that short shank. Then you want the bait up closer to the head. Uh, you know, the hook closer to so the, the head of the jig. Free to wiggle and well, jiggle. Yeah. And... Well, it's just like when when they suck it in. It, I don't know. It, it just makes for a better presentation. Let's put okay. It that way. Now, not only for bass though, they use the the heavy jigs, uh, and I and. Uh, guy who does it, I forget who, gave me some a couple years ago. They were just big old heavy lead head jigs, and they jig using the plastics for the for the king salmon right out here in the mm-hmm. gaps in, in mm-hmm. the harbor there. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just using big tube jigs and stuff. I, I don't think they're it using really matters those, a those whole minnow lot. imitators. Like, they're, they're Are using they those. Yeah. Bigger, yeah. 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 In a heavy, because you're fishing 35 feet of water there, I right. imagine. That's, oh, yeah. They're using the heavier jig for that. But here's another thing too. You've seen the like the standard round head, round ball jigs that we yeah. use like in walleye fishing a lot or whatever. Well, that's why if you go, you can use one of those too. Because if <laughs> if, if you go to uh, like the aisle at Midwestern Shooter Supply, I think they got a whole row of I think bait rigs, the round mm-hmm. round head jigs. They just got bin after bin after mm-hmm. bin. Yeah, different colors, different mm-hmm. weights, and it's just a round head with yeah. color. Well, they make uh, bait rigs makes a number of different types of jigs, you know, but again, basically, it's just a hunk of lead with an eyelet and a hook to take your bait down to where you think the fish are. I mean, that's basically. I mean, seriously, when you go up to Door County, you could take one of those uh, uh, curly tail grubs, you know, right. or you could take one of the minnow imitator, you know, plastics, whatever, and just put a plain old round bald head jig on it, and you'll. Most likely catch fish with that too. Gotcha. And <laughs> then know? and then you can 
with the jig, you can you just got to find out what they want. You can just do a straight, yeah. steady retrieve. Yep. You can or a do hopping, hopping. It, whatever. Yep. You got to try work, different retrieves. Work it on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You work, work it a little it higher. A little higher. Yeah. And here's the other thing, too. You, you, people got to remember that fish, we, we give them a lot of times too much credit. Uh, they react to conditions in their environment. And they don't know what a hook is. They don't know what that hunk of lead is in the front of the plastic, right? They don't. They don't know what that is. So it doesn't bother if it's a roundhead jig, if it's a, a stand-up jig. I mean, this is for the action of the bait. But the right. main thing is, is that that hunk of lead in front of it, the fish don't know what that is. You know, I mean, so you got to remember too that uh, like some some jigs have eyes on them. Yep. Some don't. I don't really think it really matters if they got eyes or not. <laughs> you know? I don't think it matters. Not at all. Okay. Sometimes the color matters, though. Sometimes Co- the, color, sometimes of the, the jig, color of the jig, of the jig will matter. So, well, like with the mini mites. I have, which you, I brought yeah, a bunch those, of those in today. Uh, like with the mini mites, like I like that orange body one, but it's got a, a, a yellow chartreuse head on it. I does oh no yeah no it's yeah it's got the yellow chartreuse head now I've put that orange body onto let's say like a blackhead jig yeah or uh, or uh, uh, maybe a, a green jig or whatever I don't catch as many fish with it now same thing is true ex, uh, for the white body I like the white body mini mite as well the pink head works really good on that and the black head works good on that but if I got a different color head it doesn't work as good at least. To me. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so sometimes the color of the head of the jig does matter. So as opposed to just having a cheap old lead non-colored. You're you're almost you know, you know, the plain old uh lead head jig, plain old lead color head, oftentimes in in, uh like in dirty water or in your just a little stained water, just a little off color, will work just as good as anything else. But there are times when the color of the head does work. There are times. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. Well, um, thank you for these jigs, Tom. I'm looking forward to getting out there. And uh, hey, I can hear you. Try, try, you can hear me. Yeah. Okay. You our might te- want to try your headset. Our train technician is working there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So seven nine nine twelve fifty. You can give us a call with a fishing report yeah. now. Uh, or you t- got any questions or comments about jigs? You know, really um, I went that. online yesterday. They got that Sturgeon Bay Bass yep. Open Tournament tomorrow. 125 people yep. lined up to enter, and they canceled the first day. Yeah, because it was so windy up and there. And it's supposed uh, to be worse today. Yeah, they might have And to... then Sunday yeah. is typically at like, I think, a half or two-thirds of a day, only if needed due to um, getting blown off one yeah, day, I'm yeah, thinking. Yeah. So my question is, you got all these people, all this big money involved. If they can't go today, are they going to make it just one day tomorrow for the whole enchilada? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, you man, know, oh man, a, that'd be fast and furious you, fishing then. Yeah, you know, years ago I, I ran some tournaments. I ran the Stren Open and the True Turn Open and all that. And I never ran into that situation, so I, I, I don't know. I'd have to really think about it to what we would do. And speaking of bass tournament, well, it's six thirty right now. I'll tell you what. Well, I got something interesting to tell you about a big bass tournament that's down south right now, and we can talk about that Sturgeon Bay one too. All right. And, gotcha. Uh, so right now we're gonna do the gut report, and then we're gonna come. Uh, we're gonna do some commercials, then the gut report, and all kinds of good stuff coming up here on the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors with your hosts, 
Uh, the let's see now the straight wealthy uh, single un- straight single land wealthy <laughs> landowner <illustrious>. Douglas. <laughs> Yeah, Danny Bush over there. Big and cool dude yeah. from uh, Douglas County, Wisconsin. Yeah, and I'm Tommy the True Neubauer, and we are coming to you live from the Bait Made Fish Attractant Studios, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. We'll be right back with more. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by V-Mar Cheesy Produce and Discount Liquor. Well, you know, Danny and Greg, yep. I've got like four recipes here and I, I just wasn't sure which one I'm going to do, but I'm going to do this one. Uh, for those people who are catching salmon and trout off of the big body of water to the east of us, try this. Now, you want to take the skin off your salmon or trout fillet. Take the skin off. Mix together some mayonnaise and horseradish. How much horseradish depends on you. Then after you layer that over the top of the fillet, you coat it with panko breadcrumbs over the top. And then you pour some melted butter over that. Cover it with some aluminum foil or whatever. Throw it in the oven. Bake at a 350 degrees until it's, you know, just about done. Now, what I like to do is when it's done, I take the aluminum foil off and I put the broiler on just to brown the top of that panko breadcrumbs just a tad, just a tad browning. So mayo and horseradish, mix that together, put that over the top, then panko breadcrumbs and mix and melted butter. You know what? Just like your recipes, Danny's, it's delicious. Delicious. The gut report was brought to you by V Marchese Produce. When quality counts, you can count on V Marchese Produce. Insist on the best. You can visit them at vmarchese.com. And by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st in Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. You know, another thing that you should probably try up there, you know, there's two other lures that I would recommend when you go up there. Now, last year you did really good on uh, smallies with the uh, diving minnow imitators and whatever, you know. Jerk baits. Jerk baits. uh, you know, X those are wraps, shadow wraps. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, a lot of people call them jerk baits, but they're really diving minnow imitators. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they're not so much. I mean, jerk baits we don't think of as having a lip. Well, they're you know suspend. I mean? They're suspending, yeah, but basically. they have a lip and they wobble. They'll, di- they'll dive a cer- yeah. to a certain depth and yeah. then they'll suspend at that. Yeah. But then when you retrieve they, them, they wiggle. They, they yeah. subtle wob- wobble. Although we'd work them with more just quick erratic jerking mm-hmm. presentations. Yeah, right, right. Looks like a dying minnow. Right. And then the uh, shadow wrap. <clears throat> there's a shallow and a deep. Um, both work good depending on you know if you're going to be in that. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, seven to three foot range, the shallow one. We got out on that edge a little bit, the deeper one. Um, X wrap worked good. Yeah. There's actually an X wrap deep that I, yeah. I don't have. Uh, they hit on the pause too. It's yeah. interesting. You're, you're working it aggressive and you're on the pause, and all of a sudden they about jolt the rod right yeah. out of your hands, and those let, smallies. And to let people know that what you're talking about are crankbaits, yeah. diving, wiggling, and and like you said, a lot of times when you're re- retrieving them, you should pause every now and then. Oh, they hit yeah. most of the time on the pause. Yeah. In fact, this year, going back, we're going to hunker off just a little deeper off some of the areas we were working. And uh, we're going to let it pause for as much as 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those baits just hover. 
Uh, we're using braid with fluorocarbon leader, going fairly finesse in that clear water. Um, the other, uh, the other thing difference: the shadow wrap, I believe, slightly rises on the paws, mm-hmm. whereas I believe the X wrap just stays there. Right, but right. Uh, we've been going in the last couple of years, and there's guys coming in working all around us, working plastics, and I dare say that we've outfished them. Yeah, so at I, least in observing. Yeah, the only guys who really, really tore it up one time, some guys came in and got right on top of them with some uh, live bait leeches. Oh sure. Oh, and they, yeah. and I, I think they were sight fishing them. They sure. were just dropping leeches in front of front them of and them. they were gobbling yeah. them up. But yeah, you know your plastics, crank baits, and uh, uh, and spinner baits. Actually, spinner baits too. But all, any all of those will work. But it just depends on which ones are working better when you're up there. But now we were going to talk about. You said mentioned flukes. Yeah. And something else we were going to talk about. Oh, you know that turn. We're going to talk about that tournament up there. Yeah. You know, we, you know, uh, I just. About got, what, yeah. The, the the Sturgeon Bay. Yeah. What tournament? Is, Here's uh, the release from 4.58 a.m. today to all tournament anglers. Good morning. There will be no special meeting at 5.30 a.m. Like originally planned, please go directly to the boat launch and launch your boat and follow the instructions from the volunteers. Please be aware of the changing winds and weather throughout the day. So they're out of, <laughs> out of uh, Wave Point uh, Marina is a beautiful resort and boat launch right there in Little Sturgeon. Uh, it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really sharp look, sharp place. And that's where it's headquartered out of. And there's a great boat launch there. So it looks like they're all launching out a little sturgeon and venturing forth. So, um, you know, they, those are big boats, Tom, and those yeah. bass guys, you know, they're kind of crazy. They're used to big winds and stuff. Now, like when you did it, but nobody you, likes fishing in it. <laughs> no, when you did it, you probably didn't have a, a. That was before the days of twenty-one foot rangers and stuff like that, wasn't it? Well, I had a eighteen-foot tide craft. Did you? So it was big, a pretty big bass. What was boat. the roughest weather you were ever out in? Well, let's put it this way: I sunk it once. I mean, okay. well, let's put it well, this that's way: that's why they're, they canceled they're, it yesterday. I see these boats. Those bass are, guys are no, crazy, Greg. Like the, I said, <laughs> these boats are made. Uh, they're made after 1979. Every boat made has to have level upright flotation. Okay, so, so when it's you say sink, it doesn't like it, it doesn't go, go to, go the, to bottom, the bottom. No, like the you Edmund fill, Fitzgerald, you, right? You fill up with water. <laughs> you know, you're sitting it waist deep in water while you're sitting in your boat. You know, it fills up with water. Which so kind of sucks. I had that happen once. I've had it happen where waves were coming over the front of the bow of the boat because, you know, bass boats sit low to the water, right. unlike the aluminums, which sit a little bit higher. Well, a lot <laughs> of the guys, I think, that do fish the big water yeah. probably go with the rangers that aren't quite as low, probably more the deeper v yeah there type. yeah there's uh several brands of boats out there that have that deeper v's you know they're glass boats but they're deeper v's now my yeah. buddy ron johnson yeah. who uh uh is the bait mate uh fish attractant uh uh is angler expert spokesperson yep, and yeah. he's doing tournaments down in arizona he'll be back up in the studio matter of fact maybe i'll send him a text if he's not in a tournament today maybe we'll give him a call later but he he uh, did really well in a big tournament last year, right before he got here, finished top 10 with all the big names. I think he... That was Lake Oneida in New York. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think he said that it was extremely rough, yeah. huge waves and yeah. stuff. rough huge. and windy. Rough and windy. So these guys doing these bass tournaments up there, um, it's uh, they're, used, they're used to it, but it's got to be tough if they're well, trying to finesse fish yeah. some of these smallies. 
Walleye anglers, too, got to put up with big waves. Look on Lake Erie, how many of the big waves these guys got to put up with, you know. Uh, it, it, you know, when that gets a, a little breeze on Lake Erie or on Saginaw Bay in Lake Michigan, I mean, they're putting up with it, too. So anybody who's fishing tournaments, and, and that's one of the reasons I got out of tournament fishing is right. because I'm paying money to have to go out on a day when I normally wouldn't go out. Like if it's rainy and windy and cold or whatever, I normally I wouldn't go fishing that day. But since I got my money in it and it's a tournament, I got to go. And I didn't want to go because <laughs> you know? that's not fun. Right. Um, but down south, they got a tournament. I believe it's on Toledo Bend, Danny. Okay. The average largemouth. They, they've had it for three days now. They got the final day today, I think it is. Uh, you, you, you know what their average weight is? It, their average weight. Like, let's put it this way. For like a five fish or ten yeah, fish? Yeah, five, five fish. Five, five fish. fish. Right, right now, after three days, uh, the leaders, the one leader's got uh, 72, 74, 72 or 74 pounds. Uh, the second place team is only a few, or, or not not team, but person, is only a few ounces behind him. I mean, 72 pounds in three days, that's that's over a five-pound average. That's, and that's Or it's just about a five-pound average. And whatever. that's pretty much the, what happens up well, there up in, in Sturgeon Bay. Bay. Exactly. You know, it's that's like what a five I was getting and a half to. Pound. Okay. We're talking smallies now instead of largemouths with an average of over four, usually around five-pound average. And several years ago, uh, there was an eight-pounder, I believe, was big fish in yeah. that tournament. And every year, if you look, but if you go to their website, Sturgeon Bay Open Bass Tournament, yeah. You can look, and they've got, uh, you know, all the records. And a lot of six-pounders, a yep. lot of six-pounders, yep. few seven-pounders. Uh, there was, um, I saw online, some guy did get a seven-pound, 15-ouncer this spring up there. Um, boy, I'd, I guess I'd be spitting down that one's throat and calling it uh, <laughs> eight pounds, uh, well, seven pounds, 15 yeah. ounces. So well, we, we got to go to a break right now, Danny. But you know what? Uh, Ron Heidenreich was up north on Three Lakes Chain, I think it was. But anyway, I if he's listening, I hope he calls us because if he doesn't tell tell us about all the smallies and big ones he caught, I'll tell you what he told me. All right? On the Three Lakes yeah, Chain? Yeah, they did really, really good. So we'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors on 105.7 FM. The Fan coming to you live from the Bait May Fish Attracting Studios presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, coming to you live from the Bait Mate Fish Attract and Studios. Here's the number, folks 799 1250s. The name Hornschwaggles the Game. 799 1250. Give us a call, and I'm g- going to make uh, three statements to test your knowledge of Wisconsin's great outdoors, and uh, or outdoors in general. And you can win a prize package from Baitmate Fish Attractant Coleman Insect Repellents. So yeah. So while Greg's talking to the contestant, getting the info, uh, you got three good questions today. I got. You're gonna three. try to fool somebody. I got three. Are you gonna deluxe yeah, yeah. questions? You're gonna try to horn schwaggle somebody, <laughs> Mr. Douglas. I've got this tractor to sell you. <laughs> Who do you got, Greg? We have Paul from New Berlin. Hey, okay, Paul. Paul, how you doing, man? Hey, fine. How are you? 
Good. Okay. So you know how this works. If I'm pulling your leg, it's a horn schwaggle. If not, it's a no horn schwaggle. So here we go. Um, one of the most popular baits in the world. We were just talking about them. Uh, the Rapala. Rapala. Actually, Rapala is not the correct pronunciation. It's actually Rapala. Hornschwaggle or no hornschwaggle? No hornschwaggle. No yeah, it's Rapala. And I grew up arguing with my buddy Jimmy Whitney, who lived across the street. He'd say it's Rapala. I'd say, no, it's Rapala. And then I started saying Rapala just be- to go along. See, I succumbed <laughs> to peer pressure. Should have st- stood my ground. Okay, okay. good. Um, President Eisenhower, Herbert Hoover, as well as uh, maybe at least one other president, fished the world-famous Wisconsin Mule River. The Mule River. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? Hornschwaggle. Hornschwaggle. That's the Brule River. The B-R, not M. Let's see if you would have gotten the last one then. To get the fish smell off your hands, wash your hands with toothpaste. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? No Hornschwaggle. Yeah, my uncle taught me that one 45 40, yeah. 50 years ago when I was a kid. So, yeah, good. toothpaste helps. All right. So, as far as the bait mate in Coleman, uh, there's all kinds of great bait mate fish attractants. They've got bass, they've got crappie and panfish, they've got game fish, they got some garlic, they got catfish, walleye. What do you What do you think you would prefer? Uh, the garlic. Garlic. Okay. Garlic's always popular. Got your pen there, Tom. Yep. Pass me the pen there. And uh, for your uh, insect repellent, do you want something with DEET, something DEETless? And if it is DEET, what percentage do you want? 25, 40, or 100? 100% DEET. 100% DEET. <laughs> There's a God. man who knows what he wants. Careful with that stuff. It's <laughs> wicked. It'll take the finish right off your gun stock. So. And it's alert. I, I think putting it on your bare skin, I had a bad asthma reaction years Some ago. Some people can get I that. I almost yeah. died. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thanks for playing, and um, well, Greg will get your information. Yep. And Stay I'll, on hold. I'll email that out to the Baitmate Fish Attracting folks, and you'll get it within a couple of weeks. Hey, thank you. You're All right. right. Stay, thanks, on li- Stay on the line now. Yep. Thanks, Paul. All right. All right. Well, that's good. Um, he did pretty good on that. I was at that Mule River. Hey, uh, one of our listeners, Tom, that question was for you, buddy. uh, Tom Tom used to, I was talking to him last night, he used to to fish that Brule River. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he he could, like, be your guide up there. Yeah. Yeah, someday I I might have to talk him into going up there and and floating down that, get a canoe, because it's fabulous fishing, I guess. That's what I hear. It can be good. World famous. Yeah. Uh, 799-1250 is the phone number, or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. You can always go to our website, check out more about the show, and uh, you know if you're interested in advertising, that's ceoguys.com. So it's ceoguys at yahoo.com for email, ceoguys.com for our website, and 799-1250 is the phone number. And... Who was that other? There was a third president that fished up there a lot. Who is that third one? There was Eisenhower. Would you say Harding? No, Herbert, Hoover, Hoover. Hoover. Was well, it? Was are you going to give some mini mites to the person who can let us know? I don't. Don't well, think so. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay. Fine. If okay. somebody knows, 
Who the now Greg's got to write again? <laughs> putting Greg, that that's all his fault. You're putting you to work. Greg. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll tell you what. These mini you know. mites, by Cubby mini mites. These are a fabulous bait. Speaking of, I met a guy who uh, is from oh. Washington Island up there, and their yeah. season opens in July for the smallies. His brothers go to bait for big smallies, Washington Island. The mini mite. Get out of here. The, the number mini twos, mite. though, or the Must, little ones? I didn't ask them, but oh. do they make a bigger size? They make the original mini mite, which is about an inch and a half uh, on a 32nd ounce jig. It's got to be a big, the then bigger they, one. Then they using. got the number two, mini mite two, which is a 16th ounce jig, and it's about a two inch bait plastic. And years ago, I don't know if they still make it or not, they had a mini mite three. They, it was like an eighth ounce jig on about a three inch plastic. So, oh, uh, on Sunday. Uh, uh, my couple of my sons and I were out fishing on Sunday, Danny. Yep. Yeah, the crappies have spawned and done. We've all come to the conclusion that a couple of weeks back when it was so warm, remember they, that a few weeks they ago? Got her they got her done quick in, and bolted out. Dropped and left, yeah. I mean, we caught some cra- We caught crappies up to 11 inches, but not as many as we'd like. Uh, and, uh, so, but, but we had a, we had a really search for them. They weren't in shallow anymore. You know what was in shallow though? Mm. Big pumpkin seeds. Oh, we kept four nine-inch pumpkin seeds. Nine-inch nine pumpkin, inch, that's pumpkin seeds. They were pumpkin seed. They were big. I couldn't believe it. We, we caught a number of the, you know, like the five, six-inchers, but we kept four of those monsters, nine-inch. They were monsters. Now, do and, they have the bigger rib cage or no, does the bluegill? The, the, there's more meat on a bluegill than on a pumpkin seed. So, but, because, so the pumpkin seed does have the bigger rib oh, cage yeah, that yeah, sticks okay. out. Yeah. So yeah. you don't get as much meat as right. you Right. Go with your fillet knife right. around the ribs. Right. And we caught uh, a bunch of largemouth bass up to 15 inches. No monsters. These were all male bass yep. coming in. And and you know what's funny? We we went out on the flats, you know, adjacent to their spawning areas, and we caught bass in like three different areas. And the thing was is that we, we went on the deep weed line edge. We tried there. We tried the flats in front of where we were catching the smaller ones, you know. We couldn't find a bigger female to save our souls, but we caught a lot of those males coming in, you right. know. So uh, that should, you know, and I figured, oh, boy, next week that's going to be loaded. There's going to be bass all over. And then we get this weather. <laughs> then we get this weather. Yeah, so. I know the uh, – <laughs> I, I heard that there were some bass on the bays up in Little Sturgeon in mm-hmm. some of the warmer water spots. But then other areas of the bay there, it's still, you know, water temps 51 to 55. Yeah. The fish are going to be in – Especially where I'm going up further north, those fish probably will still be in pre-stage or just coming into pre, the spawn. Pre-spawn or spawn, yeah, it's going to be real iffy for you up there. And you know, the Bay of Green Bay that that's that takes a while to warm up. Not like our inland lakes right. around here; they warm up. As a matter of fact, when we started off, uh, some of the bays uh, outside the bays was like 60 degrees in the main lake. 62 degrees in the bay. By the time we left, it was 65 degrees in the bay. But, you know, a lot of people, they think that they, they, they hear that, oh, largemouth bass spawn between 65 and 70. But the thing is, you got to remember that when you're in that little bay, all right, and it's 65, 68 degrees, and you're wondering, where are those bass? Well, out on the main lake, it might only be 62 degrees. They don't know how warm it is yet in the shallower water. So when the main lake gets up a little higher, then they start moving in. Someone has to send them a text. They got to send them, them a text. Yeah, they got to get on their smartphone. Okay, we Greg's saying we got to go to a break because right now it's the sports update with Greg Janik. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.